Welcome to Bridging Chicago, a podcast that aims to connect our listeners to Chicago's business, community, cultural, and charity leaders. Brought to you by the SATC Solutions Center. You can connect with us on Instagram or Twitter where our handle is at Bridging Chicago. For more information, including our email, visit us online at satcsolutions.com. Be sure to rate and subscribe to Bridging Chicago on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to this podcast. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Bridging Chicago podcast. I'm Nathan, your host today. I'm sitting here with Sally Rodriguez-Diaz, who joined the Bridging Chicago team. And Sally, great for, great to have you here. Thanks for being here. And really excited to have you as a part of the team. So why don't you tell everyone what you're doing with Bridging Chicago now? Well, first of all, thank you for having me here. Um, so I am now, I used to start in Bridging Chicago as the content contributor. Now I'm more of a content creator and I am very happy that I'm able to contribute and my creative side to the Bridge of Chicago podcast. So thank you so much. Yeah, that's one of the opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) It's one of the reasons we were really excited for you to jump on board because we know that you are a creative mind and that you bring a lot of fresh ideas and a lot of new stuff to the podcast. And so we're always excited to have new people joining us, but uh, really you know, with your background in graphic design, we were really excited to have you here. So thanks for joining us today. Today is an opportunity for our listeners to get to know you a little more as you join the team and as they'll be at least seeing a lot more of your stuff. Yes. Probably hearing from you again some other time. So let's start with, um, I know that you are a Chicago native. I know that you're a lover of Chicago. So tell us about where you grew up. I know Chicago natives always talk about their neighborhood. So tell me about your neighborhood. (laughs) All right. Well, I was born and raised in the southwest side of Chicago in a really little neighborhood called Little Village, La Villita, (laughs) as they say in Spanish. La Villita? La Villita. Oh, La Villita. La Villita. Yes. (laughs) Little Village. You're getting Spanish lessons today, too. (laughs) But yes, Little Village. I've been living there all my life. Um, obviously, I, I did move like from one from one street to another, but I've been there my whole life, um, and it's a very nice neighborhood for the most part. And I am proud to say that I'm a little village native. So. And where in the city landscape is Little Village? It's in the southwest side, so closer to Pelson. For those okay. of you who are more familiar, like with Pelson, Bridgeport, um, it's ba- we like basically it's pretty big. Um, is it one of the areas yeah. where the the marathon runs through? Uh, no, the marathon okay. I believe what runs through Pilsen actually, the Chicago okay. Marathon. So it's south of that. Uh, a little bit south of that, yeah. Awesome. Well, um, I know that there is a perception of Chicago South and West Sides mm-hmm. that is not generally very positive. You know, the news doesn't look at it very positively all the time. Um, but growing up there. It's always interesting because when we do get an opportunity to talk to people who go out there, their perspective on the neighborhood and of what happens in the neighborhood and the people who are there is so different. And so tell me in your perception, having not just been a a resident, but still living there now, Mm -hmm. what is it like for you 
to hear about that and then how do you, what do you see that's different than what others may know about it or may think about it so the one thing that like it upsets me that media like portrays a lot of the south and southwest side neighborhoods in a bad light because obviously like in Little Village and I'm sure in the other neighborhoods too like in Humboldt Park um, Austin North Lawndale um that's not it we're not all about like the violence that happens all a lot of the times we are a community with a lot of um positive culture as well mm-hmm. um obviously like i can only speak for myself with what i know about living in little village that we are a community with a lot of rich latino culture specifically mexican um and I wish that they could portray that a little bit more because obviously um, we have a lot to offer and we just want people to care more about our communities and whatnot. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we always talk about resources, right? Yes. You know, how, how important it is to put resources into these neighborhoods and into the communities. Um, I think that that's one of the ways that we can help build them up. But for you with your, let's start with education. Mm -hmm. What kind of education uh, experience did you have there? And um, what are other kids in that area experiencing in terms of education? Let's say obviously outside of the the COVID landscape. Um, Well, before COVID. (laughs) Um, Well, I was um, in the Chicago public school. So I was, all my life in public schools. Um, uh, thankfully for me, I was very into my education, so I would always participate like after school programs mm-hmm. and whatnot. Um, and I went to a three-year high school, actually, um, which is rare in a place like Little Village in the Southwest Side, where like, oh, wow, you could graduate high school in three years? Yes, you can. Um, and I was very fortunate to be able to attend that school and I was um we did have very limited resources our school does not that school does not have an actual building okay. we share within um an element we, we share the building space with an elementary school okay. so we um I don't know how to word this sorry <laughs> um but we, it Despite not having a lot of the resources, the teachers were always there engaging us to do better. And thankfully, because of all those teachers that were encouraging us to do better, I was able to move on mm-hmm. and p- pursue my my dream into becoming uh, pers- the first one in my family to graduate from college, first of all, and to pursue my career in graphic design, even though I did reach a little bit later on in life than I wanted to. But that obviously life is never like a set plan. It yeah. always branches out always changes yes is there a teacher or a staff member at school that you can point out saying that really inspired you or that really showed you more of what was out there more what was available for you in the future um i do have a couple of teachers obviously i can't mention all of them because then this will (laughs) be a very very long interview (laughs) but um one of the teachers that well, it, it's two main teachers. One of them was Mr. Venkataswamy, Mr. V for short. Um, he was the one who tapped into my creative side. He was my math teacher, pre-calculus teacher. Um, no, I wasn't good at that, but he was good also at teaching music. And I was in a rock man in high school. Oh. And cool. <laughs> Did you know that? <laughs> yes. 
Um, and because of that, like, even though I did not pursue music, I still wanted to go into the creative field, which is why I chose graphic design to begin with. So I appreciate for Mr. B to see that potential in me to basically open up more. That's the main reason why he um, chose me to be in, like, the rock band and to be in the acapella groups in high school. And also my teacher, Mr. Ruby. He's the one that um, ignited my passion a little bit more about learning about Chicago because a fun fact about me I am a history Chicago fanatic I love investigating anything and everything that has to do with Chicago the good the bad the architecture everything and because of him I was also able to I guess you could say broaden my perspective into the city and not just focus on like oh Little Village is all you know Mm. you can actually go and explore and learn about new things and thankfully because of him now I'm more open-minded as to the different neighborhoods and what they um, offer which is why I'm always focused on like bringing the good stuff about the neighborhoods into light and not so much the bad including my own neighborhoods yeah our friends at the Chicago Loop Alliance have really um, made this push to show the loop as everyone's neighborhood and I know for a long time downtown was looked at as like a specific type of person's neighborhood and people didn't always feel welcome downtown. They didn't feel like it was for them. Um, but having someone in your life who opened you up to more of the, what was out there and to show you more of this, do you feel like people are starting to, to gather in more areas in the city that they maybe wouldn't have before? Like people are seeing more of the, the downtown or the north side or the west side? Do you feel like that's happening a little more? Or do you see people still kind of sticking to their own thing? their own neighborhood um a little bit of both some people i guess they're afraid of change so they decide to stick with what they know mm-hmm. other people because of the social media influence and i would know i love social media <laughs> um they um see like some of the positives so that gets posted about these neighborhoods and social media which is why people decide to pursue and like i guess you could say gather resources in order to go and help these communities out um, learning about more about the communities and like the source of like whatever is making them look bad per se um, and actually bring them more into like a more positive light which yeah. is which is in a, in, in a sense of really great because obviously not all neighborhoods are bad and violent yeah everyone has their good side <laughs> yeah uh, let's talk a little bit about arts in education because mm-hmm. for you it obviously had a huge impact yes and it was really important that you were able to do art at a young age mm-hmm. but why do you think it's important to have younger people doing music and and different art young at younger ages um why is that important to you and is it something that you wish like more kids could see and even at younger ages yeah i mean Everyone is creative in their own way. Um, obviously, you, you, I believe you told me you majored in biology, and here you are becoming the producer of a podcast <laughs> of all things, which is great. So um, exploring like your creative side at a young age is great because then you finally get to see, like, oh, I could maybe be, pursue this in the future, or you could figure out, like, oh, maybe this is not for me. I could actually do something else instead. And I was privileged enough that I was given a few resources even though unfortunately afterwards like they did get cut out when I was in elementary and high school due to budget cuts done in CPS so um 
yeah, I mean, just exploring the options that are out there for yeah. yourself and for others and give you like a broader spectrum of as to what you want to do in the future um, can help you in the long run, no matter what you want to do. Yeah, creative people will always tell you that everyone's creative. And it's, sometimes <laughs> I'm like, okay, sure, yeah. I could never draw something like that or I could never sing or I could never do those things. But then doing the podcast has shown me like the creativity is far more than just like those basic the like the mediums that everyone knows the drawing the music the dance yes. those sorts of things like those are great and we're excited to get to celebrate those but creativity is so many things you know project management you have to be creative to do that yeah. um interviewing there, there's so many systems that require creative people and i think everyone has some level of that mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. Um, and thankfully, like I said earlier, I'm not the best in math, but I was um, still able to handle computer stuff mm -hmm. in regards to like um, design programs and a little bit of coding here and there, which is why I decided to pursue graphic design in the first place. So I was thankful that I was given some of those resources back when I was in elementary and in high school. Yeah. So. Yeah. So are yeah. we. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about... Um, well, let's talk about privilege a little bit because yeah. it's something that we've talked about before. Mm -hmm. And um, one of the really interesting things that I've learned about over time is privilege. And so we've talked about privilege in terms of, um, like, I think race and gender. Mm -hmm. um, but you mentioned something about privilege that I hadn't thought about before, and that is privilege and citizenship. Because you yes. were born here, so you're a natural-born U.S. citizen, mm -hmm. and that affords you some level of privilege that, unfortunately, not everyone in your neighborhood or even in your family has yes. maybe had. So tell me about why it's important for you to understand that you have that level of privilege, and then why other people who don't have that, why they um, are kind of fighting up the battle sometimes. Um, just repeat the first question for me, sorry. Yeah, no, that's all right. We'll break it down because I know that was, yeah. it's pretty happy. So yeah, it's definitely break it down. So let's first talk about why you think it's important that, to understand that you have some level of privilege. Okay. Um, it's important to know what kind of privilege you have because that way you know how to take advantage of those privileges. Um, for me, for example... Like you said earlier, I am a U.S. citizen, born and raised, um, and because I was born into a low-income community, low-income class family, I was able to um, apply for places that can give me assistance in regards to paying for my college education, like FAFSA, mm -hmm. and a lot of scholarships that were provided to me as well, just due to the fact that I was a U.S. citizen. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, like, the downsides, like, being Latina and stuff like that, obviously, that, that is, like, a barrier that I had to overcome. Yeah. But at least I didn't have that barrier where I'm not undocumented. I, thankfully, am documented and born and raised here. But other people, and I'm only speaking from what I know, I'm not an advocate for undocumented people because I haven't had that experience. But I've seen the other people that I've, went to in high school, my classmates, that they obviously didn't have those same opportunities. Yeah. Um, and they did struggle a little bit in regards to applying for even even loans. Like, yeah. you would need to have some social security or, like, an ITIN in order to get loans. And yeah. because of that little thing that they don't have, that, they don't have a paper to prove that they were born, that they belong here. Um, 
they had to struggle a little bit more in regards to getting any financial aid, any scholarships. Yeah. But thankfully, they didn't let that stop them. And a lot of them, thankfully, they've made it way <laughs> beyond what they thought they could. A lot of them are like social workers, wow. um, working with law even. And yeah. I'm so proud of them. I wish I could mention their names, but I'm not <laughs> going to mention them. So they never asked permission to yeah. um, put, include them in the podcast. But yes, um, and that's with everyone, to be honest. Yeah, I think also... Once you understand your level of privilege, you can understand how to help other people too. Yes. And I think that's also really important. So how are you hoping to help other people who are maybe undocumented or even female or Latina, as you, you said, you have those um, hurdles to deal with as well. So how, how do you hope to help other people who have the same hurdles or who, you know, okay, I have this... It, this is a little easier for me because I'm mm-hmm. an American citizen. I would like to help someone else who doesn't have that same ease. Mm-hmm. How has that inspired you to, do, to help with that? Um, one like one major way to help out that kind of issue uh, would be just bringing light to the subject, bringing awareness mm-hmm. that obviously not everyone has the same opportunities yeah. that I do. And we have to fix that and bring in that subject to light would be great um participating in like your local rallies um petitions writing to local congress and stuff like that it's a it may be just like something minor but in the long run it will become something major like now we have like the dream Act in certain states including i believe illinois which is a big accomplishment because now some people that thought they couldn't go to college just because of their immigration status now they're able to and they could afford in um, in state tuition and and whatnot and be able to get jobs to afford to pay for college all those student loans and now that's another subject for a different time everyone's in debt the student college that's a different thing but in the thing just bringing awareness to the subject is one way to start yeah we always talk about how it's important to know to learn Mm -hmm. before you go out there and because if you just go out based on what you think you could cause actually more harm than good but you know if you know if you learn if you educate yourself i think that's really important and then as you were saying you can act on that you can do petitions you can get rallies you can uh, help in schools and you know you can give resources that people can actually use to better their neighborhoods and themselves. Because one of the things we've talked a lot about is generational wealth. And so being someone who is the first in your family to graduate from college, I mean, that's one of the ways that you can help build generational wealth. So for you, why was that so important? Why was that accomplishment so important um, to be able to not just go to college, but to finish, to graduate, and now to be working at a law firm? Um, It's a big accomplishment to me, at least, just because... Um, you're able to like break that stereotype that oh not everyone that's from a low income low income class community um, don't make it to a higher education like you're gonna be stuck in that neighborhood forever you're just gonna be some random person working like in the grocery store of some sort or maybe in, even end up as a gangbanger and go to jail which mm-hmm. is another extreme um, but a lot of us are not like that we obviously want to accomplish more in life and thankfully I was able to be one of the lucky people to do that 
and yeah, I guess just breaking the the norm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think that's something that really inspires other people, and hopefully, mm-hmm. if it if there are times where they mm-hmm. think they can't do it or want to give up, they yes. can look at you as an inspiration to say, "No, this is possible. Mm-hmm. I can be this person and still accomplish mm-hmm. great things." I oh, think yeah. that you know, obviously, you're being an example of that, which is amazing. Thank you. <laughs> um, we talked a little bit about your love of Chicago history, but yes. let's talk about that because I find it really interesting how much you love Chicago, love to learn about Chicago, love to share about Chicago. So where did that really start? Where did that his- the love for Chicago specific history start for you? That's a good question. Um, <laughs> I guess you could say it started when I was younger, back in like maybe when I was 10, 12 years old. Um, I would always be one of those children that would be like, I don't want to go to sleep. I'm a rebel. I'm going to stay up on Saturday all night. And I would sometimes watch the documentaries that would go on Channel 11, um, WTTW, I believe it's called. And they would show like documentaries of how Chicago was made and then about the Great Chicago Fire. Um, also going to field trips when I was in elementary school, like to like the field museum and just looking at the architecture, like made me fall in love with everything. I'm like, I want to explore more, but obviously at the time technology was not the best in my household. But then once I went into high school and technology improved over time, um, I was able to dive more into it. And thankfully earlier I mentioned him, Mr. Ruby, he was a great inspiration to that because he was the one that tapped more and ignited that flame. Once again, in order to like investigate Chicago history, um, I joined the um, Chicago history um, club back in high school. Okay. Besides being in a rock band, (laughs) (laughs) two different spectrums. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we've just started investigating about our, our own houses, like just investigating, like if we could find articles and like databases and mm-hmm. stuff like that and finding out how old the houses are. That's was like, oh, my God, my house is not just some random house. It's this old and yeah. has this much history. Yeah. And also investigating like the history of how our like element, like our school building was. And that just ignited the, the thing more yeah the light and then in college the you pass magical card <laughs> <laughs> i was able to explore a little bit more about chicago everywhere so i was able to go to different neighborhoods and explore their architecture and that just it just went from there and up to this day whenever i find like random articles about the history of chicago um i read it nonstop. i just can't stop reading it <laughs> yeah it's amazing i i've learned a lot of like little interesting facts here and there from you so it's really i'm excited because then i get to learn more about it um one of the really cool things about chicago is that it is so diverse yes um you know you can go to neighborhoods like albany park and you could hear so many different languages being spoken so many different kinds of foods so many different cultures which i think is really cool um for you like what does that mean for to live in a city that is so diverse, that has so many opportunities for people, um, even if it is a city that is also still segregated with its neighborhoods, but still being very diverse? Um, what it means is, what it's to me, like you can explore different cultures without having to leave home um, and experience new things. Yeah. That's the main thing. Like with me, like 
because of the fact that I'm able, I was able to explore different neighborhoods, I was able to fall in love with, like, for example, like the Puerto Rican culture, the Hubble Park and Logan Square. Um, I was able to fall in love also with like the Asian culture and I believe um, Uptown. Uh, no, not Uptown. Chinatown. And there was another area that I visited was um, up north. It's near the Aragon Ballroom. Mm-hmm. So it might be Uptown. But that area too, just um, broadening like what you thought you knew about the city and even going more south like east chicago they have actually like a really nice population of like african americans and and mexicans over there too Mm -hmm. and even like in the suburbs like it's just like i guess you could say like a culture shock but in a good way (laughs) because you get to learn more about um, the neighborhoods and about the people that live and reside in the city and in the outskirts of the city yeah um Something that I was thinking about when you were talking is um, how you were talking about meeting Puerto Rican people and learning about their <laughs> culture. And it's always interesting because people don't realize that being Latina does not mean being just Mexican or, you know, one thing or the other. But, like, Puerto Ricans are very different than Mexicans. They're very different than people from Venezuela or Colombia yeah. or Argentina. Um, and... A lot of times we all get lumped together. Oh my God. <laughs> and so for you, like how has that felt in the past to just be looked at as like this big glob of people? And then why, like, what is it about all these different groups of people that, um, that that individual culture should still be celebrated even as we come together as one society? Um, well, the way I feel about it is like, I had an experience in college where they um we read a book and it happened to be about like the Latino culture in Chicago of all things. It was I believe a house on Mango Street, Cisneros mm-hmm. or something like that. Um and I was the only Latina in that class and the mm-hmm. teacher targeted me knowing that I was the only Mexican and I happened to live right next to that neighborhood <laughs> at the time. Because the book is based in Pilsen, I believe. Okay. And they're like, so Sally, has anything in Pilsen changed? I'm like, I don't live in Pilsen. I live in a little village. I can yeah. only speak for what I know. Yeah. Um, and it was so, um, at the time, I didn't think anything of it. But think of me thinking about it now. It's like, I'm not a, I'm, I'm not an advocate for all Latinos. Yeah. I'm not an advocate for all Mexicanos, not all Mexicans. Um, so it feels like I don't want to say a burden but more like it is in a way a burden because like everyone expects for you to like represent every single thing but yeah. I'm not everything I'm just me yeah um but because um can you come back to the second question so sorry yeah. no the second part was just about like why for each of those cultures why is it important for them that they have that culture their individual you know, culture, the Puerto Rican culture, the Mexican culture, and, and these other ones, mm-hmm. um, even though we're a part of the bigger picture, like, why is it something that they, like, you still want to hold on to your culture, too? Because, just that, because we're, our different cultures, we all have different things that we, um, like, we have different things that we, I don't know how to word it, we're like, we're our own communities, mm-hmm. obviously we're Latinos, we, we have, like, the language of the United States, um, Spanish and Portuguese, counting Brazil here. <laughs> yes. um, but just because we're um, Latin Americans doesn't mean that we're 
all like oh tacos burritos and no we all have our own communities we all have our own culture and having us all lumped up it's like no um some people can get actually offended by it believe it or not which is strange but honestly once like one of us gets like i guess brought down we do come as a community which is great yeah so within our like within each individual cultural community we we unite as one which is great about latin american culture in in a sense and i think that's with all cultures to be honest yeah yeah i would agree Mm -hmm. uh let's talk about your family a little bit okay so um i know that you grew up with siblings yes so tell us where you fall in the rank of these siblings I am the oldest one in my family. (laughs) So you are literally the example. Yeah, I am literally the example. Um, First one to be born, first female, first one to go to high school and college. So I did set, obviously, the example pretty high. Um, But obviously, just because I was able to go to college doesn't mean that it's for everyone. Yeah. Um, My other siblings, some of them decided to just not pursue college because they've realized that it wasn't for them which is why i go back to like exploring your boundaries and if you feel like something isn't for you you don't have to do it obviously there's always that strict like elementary school high school college or elementary school middle junior high high school blah 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 um but no that obviously that's not for everyone um my other sisters my young one of my youngest sisters from my mom's first marriage she is going to um college right after high school Obviously, it's going to be a little different because of COVID, so she's going to have a different experience than I am. Mm -hmm. Um, My brother, the only male in the family, he decided to um, just wait a little bit and then decide to see what he wanted to pursue with his career and decide to go to college. But And also, just like they decided to explore different colleges, I happened to go to a private um, college, per se, in Columbia College, Chicago, Um, and my other siblings decided to go to public Okay. college just because it's more affordable yeah and obviously they learned that lesson from me because i have so <laughs> much debt <laughs> yeah, but, yeah unfortunately that that comes with the territory right yeah. now um i know that you are pretty recently married and mm-hmm. so still learning a lot about <laughs> being married which is a whole process but um what was it like going from living with your family to now living with your partner and being married and learning how to to, mm-hmm. to be a married person and to have someone else with you what was that like and how is that going for you in the early part um for me at least having um like living with your family having very little privacy um being dependent on like my mom and everyone Mm -hmm. um then from going from that and also coming from a household where you're mainly speaking spanish Mm -hmm. and then going to live with someone else that you love dearly uh, but you have to become more in the you have to pretty much independentize yourself despite the fact that you have someone that you can lean on um it's a bit of a shock i guess you could say because obviously you don't have that sense of i guess you could say like togetherness but you're still together thankfully for me um i happen to have my mom living next door she's yeah. my neighbor <laughs> Um, so I can, I can still call her if I ever need help, like, mom, how do you do this recipe and this and that, but having to independentize yourself and basically go into the real world, it's a little, it's a little bit scary, a little bit overwhelming, but you learn 
obviously everyone makes mistakes and you learn from those mistakes and then you think that's part of life just i mean to make mistakes and then living with a partner um is awesome obviously we do my husband and i at least and i'm pretty sure that happens with your um partner as well with any other partner um we do get conflicts especially in regards to like we want to do this, we want to do something this way, while he wants to do something the other way. And we tend to clash mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, obviously, like with siblings, that happens a lot. But here you have to, I guess you could say, like, have a compromise, come into a middle ground, talk each talk to each other about our problems, yeah. and try to see what's the source of the problem in order to grow yeah. together as, as one um, couple. I phrased that wrong, but it's okay. <laughs> People will understand what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, and just basically grow, grow, grows as a partnership, I guess you could say, like as a relationship, and build upon those bonds that you create. Um, the with my husband, at least, I still get a sense of home though, since he happens to be from Mexico. He knows Spanish. I communicate with him in Spanish yeah. for the most part, um, and I communicate with him in English whenever we have the opportunity, and. He knows about the culture as well that I grew up with in a sense. So mm -hmm. thankfully with him, I still get that sense of home, despite being technically far away from home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's always nice to experience yes. something new and at least he gets some of that. So. But overall, marriage is awesome, at least so far. Let's yeah. see like in a few years if I think the same <laughs> way, but I'm pretty sure I will. Yeah. I love yeah. my husband with all my heart, to that's be honest. That's great. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. <laughs> Uh, let's talk about your future here with Bridging Chicago podcast because okay. we're excited to have you here. We're excited for what you've been doing and just really excited for what could happen in the future. So what do you hope for, for the future of your work with the podcast and what you can contribute and what, um, interacting with our guests even? Basically just to get more exposure, um, in general, to be honest, because obviously, um, despite the fact that I graduated from Columbia with a graphic design bachelor's um, I wasn't able to pursue that as much as I wanted to and finally uh, in a law firm of all places yeah. I'm able to pursue that career choice that I made a long time ago yeah and I'm so happy that I'm finally be I'm finally able to contribute yeah with my own work put my input into how to make things better yeah. and everything along those lines and I'm just hoping like maybe in the near future maybe even become like the marketing like create our own marketing team mm -hmm. um bigger than just us three four <laughs> yeah yeah and just brought it give more um exposure to the podcast itself because this is a really great podcast to work for yeah well we are really excited to have you and i think that you've definitely elevated the content and you will continue to do so so as you continue to interact with us. We look forward to being able to grow and keep having people on who are sharing their stories. And obviously we thank you for sharing about yourself today mm -hmm. so that our listeners can meet you and get to know you. And uh, we look forward to doing that a lot more. And so you can make sure to follow us and uh, check out all of our season four and prior episodes. You can go to www.bridgingchicago.com to see all of those, to find ways to interact with us. You can also go to our Instagram, our LinkedIn, and our Twitter, where you can search at Bridging Chicago, and you can connect with us there. We look forward to hearing from you, 
And we thank you for listening to this episode of the Bridging Chicago podcast. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Bridging Chicago as produced by the SATC Solutions Center. Nothing contained in this podcast shall constitute financial, investment, legal, and or professional advice. No professional relationship of any kind is created between you and the podcast host or guest. You are urged to speak with your financial, investment, or legal advisors before making any investment or legal decisions. Furthermore, the opinions expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the opinions of SATC Solution Center, SATC Law, or any of its employees. This podcast is created by the hosts and guests' individual capacities. All opinions on this podcast are or have been rendered based on specific facts under certain conditions and are subject to certain assumptions and may not and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including but not limited to or use in or in connection with any investment purposes or legal proceeding.